to this message from Valley Bible Fellowship. It is our sincere prayer that you're richly blessed through the ministry of the Word. For more information about VBF, visit our website at vbf.org. Hey, everybody. How you guys doing? Hey, 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 hey. Used to say it's for horses. Um... Well, I don't know where you're at today. I know where you're at physically here, if you're here. Oh, well, actually, I don't if you're online. But um, I don't know where you're at spiritually today. I don't know where you're at mentally today. I don't know where you're at emotionally today. Uh, if you're uh, in a family, your family members know where you're at emotionally today, right? But I don't know where you're at. And um, the beauty is, is that when we get together like this, when we gather together in a place like this for one purpose, and that's to get close to God, uh, he, he shows up, right? And so I just want to encourage you guys to acknowledge that. I want to encourage all of us to acknowledge that, that when he's here, that he has the ability not only to speak to us, not only to talk to us, but to change us from the inside out. And, um, and that's a powerful thing. We are not stagnant people, right? You guys see the river flowing through the town, all the water that God's blessed us with, right? It's, that's, that's like us. We are a river flowing. We're not stagnant. We keep moving and moving. Things are changing in our lives very quickly, right? Um, I don't know if you guys realize how much our church does, but uh, I want to really quickly encourage you guys and let you guys know that we're, uh, we're a community of doers, right? We're also a community of praying people. And so, you know, while some pray, some do. Some pray and do, right? Some just do and forget to pray. Then they pray so they can do, right? <laughs> but we get together and we serve together. And so the Serve Week that's coming up in a couple weeks, I encourage you to get involved in that. Uh, it's going to be really exciting. And even if, it, even if you want, if you, you're a rebel, you, you're like, I don't want to do anything official, you know, do it secretly. I don't care. I, it doesn't matter to me, you know. Sit there, write letters, call people, text people, whatever it is. Let's just serve our community. Let's, let's let our community know that we care, uh, that we love uh, this, this place that we're in. I... Um, wanted to quickly also say uh, that we remember as a church all those who have been lost um, in military service and also uh, those who have been lost in uh, public service, uh, your, your first responders, your firefighters, your policemen. I, uh, my, I, I recently had the opportunity to take my kids to Washington, D.C., and um, it was really cool. They're little, right? Three years old, six years old. But it was so cool for us to be there uh, a couple weeks ago, just for like a day and a half, to see the monuments and to see, um, for them to see the statues of these people who gave, uh, you know, their lives. I mean, some of them didn't die in battle, but, but many of them served their entire life to make this country what it is today. And look, I know that there are a lot of issues in our country today. 
There are a lot of uh, uncertainties, you could say, the least, right? Uh, next year is going to be a, a weird and not fun year for a lot of us. It's a political year, and we're going to see a lot of junk. And so I would encourage our church to just be a light in that, shi- uh, shining in that darkness, because we still live, yeah, we still live in a great country, but we live in a place where we can still have our faith. And let's, let's be faithful people. Let's be people who, uh, who freely talk about God and we share, you know, everything that we, that we can with those while we can, right? Um, but while we were in Washington, D.C., my daughter, we went to uh, the Natural History Museum there. It's huge. It's massive. It's really cool. Really interactive. So my little ones liked it. There's like dinosaur bones, all this stuff. And um, so at one point... We were, the kids had to have a potty break. It was like every, you know, they're little. Every uh, hour we do a mandatory potty break. And so we're there and it's busy. And in the little area, there's, uh, before you go to the bathroom, there's a uh, machine that you crank and you put a penny through, right? You crank the machine and, um, and it pops out like a, it flattens a penny and it, you know, push, puts out like a little emblem on it. You know what I'm talking about? These things that, that they have. So my daughter, my little one is like, I want a penny daddy. And then the other one's like, I want a penny daddy. And I'm like, I don't have a penny. It's 20, 2023, dude. I'm not carrying pennies around. Right. And so then I realized, uh, that it takes a dollar and I'm like, I don't have a dollar either. I'm just a bad dad right now. This is terrible. And so my kids are crying and, um, this older gentleman, over to my left, he says, you know what, I've got a dollar. And then he gets another dollar out and gives it to the other kid. And I spoke to this guy. I noticed he was wearing a, a green shirt, and the people he was with, they were all wearing green shirts. It turns out he was from El Paso, Texas. He was a Border Patrol agent. And uh, he was there along with hundreds, maybe thousands of police officers um, or law enforcement officers who had uh, lost somebody in, um, in service. And so it was really interesting to see that. And it was really good for my kids to be there during that time. We walked outside and all these uh, police officers were on their motorcycles and they were traveling all around the Capitol, uh, the National Mall there. It was really, really cool. And so um, I would just encourage you guys, I know tomorrow is like a big big day. It's a fun day for a lot of us. Some of you guys have to work. I'm sorry, but some of us, we're going to be free to do what we want. We're going to go barbecue. We're going to have a good time, and that's okay. But please remember that the reason we're able to have a good time is because so many people have sacrificed and given their lives over. And so um, I just can't stress it enough. It's very important. Um, Changing gears, I want to uh, get back to the serving idea. One of the things you guys don't realize is just by being here today, just by being uh, part of this church, you are involved in a lot of ministries, and one of those ministries is Africa. And so I'm going to show you guys a video real quick um, of Dr. Nalos, who uh, is is, uh, from our church, and he's built this ministry through this church. Um, And so I want to show you guys what you guys are a part of. Let's watch this video. Good morning. My name is Peter Nalos, and I'm the mission pastor here at Valley Bible Fellowship. And I just want to give you a a wonderful report of the work that we're doing in Africa to help educate and house children, many whom are orphans. And I just want to thank you for your prayers and your financial support and for your concern and interest in our work in Africa. In 2012, we started building schools all across Ethiopia. And we took 11 mission trips and we built 45 schools from 
the border of Somalia to the border of South Sudan, about 800 miles. And we put in teachers, one or two teachers to each school. And basically at this point, we have about 3,000 uh, children that are going to our schools now and have graduated almost 30,000 in 10 years. And uh, it has benefited so many communities and so many children. And when the children are done with our schools, they go to higher level government schools. More recently in Ethiopia, we adopted 10 schools by feeding and providing education material to buildings that were already there and teachers that were already there. But no children would come because they were starving. So by feeding, we added another 500 children and that is going wonderful. We decided to expand our program to Uganda. And my leader from Ethiopia went to uh, Kampala and met Edward. And in the last four years, Edward has, um, with our church support, built a school for 500 children that goes from kindergarten to uh, grade eight. And so we built two rooms for the dormitories for 70 children each. So we brought in 140 children about a year and a half ago. And then in January, we built another dorm for 100 girls and brought them off the streets of Kampala into our home. One of my favorite Bible verses for the work that we're doing in Uganda by bringing in these orphans and street children from Kampala is a verse that says, He who welcomes a child in my name welcomes me in Matthew 18. And I have such satisfaction in seeing these children who have just no hope in life coming to a school, getting a uniform and getting food and a bed and companionship. And when you have a school like this, that's actually a boarding school slash orphanage, we have buses, we have kitchen and water wells, electricity that we've brought in. So it's just taken an area that was just completely vacant and it's become alive and the community has come alive. Another area that we are working in is Zambia. And we have built six schools for children. And so we have 500 children that are tribal that are going to our schools up from kindergarten again to grade eight. And this has been a huge success for this tribe. Our last place of working is South Africa, which we started actually in 2008. And we supported children with HIV there and then built a school that is for disabled children. It's been so uplifting for them because Nobody really does much for caring for these children in South Africa. One of my mottos for the work that we're doing is that there's no child too far because we're working in some remote areas of Ethiopia where the um, children are and are giving them education. We've even expanded to helping in Malawi and Tanzania by giving education materials there. So our scope of work at Valley Bible Fellowship is incredible with what we're doing in Africa and we're helping to educate about 5,000 children a year. So again, I just want to thank Valley Bible Fellowship, the congregation for their support, for their concern, for their prayers, and for financial donations, because that's what's making all of this possible to reach the world for Jesus and fulfilling the Great Commission, which was to go into all nations. So VBF is doing a superb job and I'm just so grateful for their help. Dr. Nalos, is, uh, his day job is heart surgeon. And uh, 
<laughs> and then he has extra time, apparently, to go over there and uh, do some amazing stuff. You know, he's such a good inspiration for, for many of us, too, because I think that um, even though our jobs are important, very important, uh, and a lot of our um, ministry go- happens in our workplaces, there's also so much more that we can do. And so um, huge inspiration. Thank you, Dr. Nalos, wherever you're at today. Um, and uh, it's so cool for our church to be a part of that, right? So cool. 30,000 kids is what he said. Insane. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and pray, and uh, we're going get to get to uh, this message, and I'm going to try to get you guys out of here at the top of the hour. So if you have plans, you can, uh, you can go do what you need to do and enjoy this nice day before it gets to be like 120 out there, right? All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you for who you are. Lord, we thank you for who you are. God, you're good. You never leave us. You never forsake us. And we deserve that. We deserve for you to walk away, Lord. We don't deserve you, God. And I just thank you so much for just being faithful to us, Lord, and being around and sticking around, Lord. And not only that, but giving us the strength to, to live our lives, to, um, to get through every sing- single uh, issue that is thrown at us, and also to just to live and, and, and to be your kids, and I just thank you for that, Lord. Pray that you would, your spirit would be here. I pray, Lord, that you would speak to us. I pray that you'd show yourself to us right here, right now. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Okay, so uh, today, uh, today's message is an interesting one. It's called, uh, What is This? And um, what's behind that is basically the question of, what is this? Like, like what is this? Bless you. Do you see the question? Like, what is? Have you guys ever like driven around and you're, you're thinking to yourself, "What what is going on here? What is happening in this world? Things are changing so fast, and so it seems like our country is just floating away from God and our kids and, and the people around us. What is this? Where where do I fit? Like, what is this? I think that sometimes on. Uh, Maybe Sundays, maybe not Sundays, maybe other days where we get together as a body. And you guys know that small groups are part of that, right? Wednesday nights are a part of that. Um, talking to your family about God, that's a part of that. When two or more are gathered, he's there in our presence. And so when we get together, whenever it is, like a day like this, right, it's for a real purpose. And I, I believe that a lot of that has to do with just reminding each other about why we're here. Reminding each other who we are. You see, when I look out here, I see people that are different. I love the diversity in our church. I love seeing all the colors, the rainbow, you know. I love seeing people that I know have come from rough backgrounds. And then I see people that I know personally that have come from nice, you know, good neighborhoods. But we all blend together. And we're on the same ship. We're on the same boat. And we are the same body. And God is working in and through us the same, right? How good is that? And so today, what is this? I want to just clarify who we are according to God, who we are as his children, right? It's very important that we remember these things. Where The goal is for us to live by faith, right? But sometimes faith is hard because 
We live a life that's full of, uh, I listed a bunch of things, mental health uh, struggles, emotional struggles, pain, just actual pain, right? Long suffering. Some of you guys have been dealing with something forever and it doesn't seem to go away, right? Some of us have, are, are, are victims of abuse. Some of us are confused. Some of us have failed over and over and over and we just can't get it right. Some of us are just numb, just numb. Don't feel anything. The other person next to you feels something, but you don't. You think there's something wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with you. Some of us are exhausted. Some of us are living in uh, unfair expectations. Some of us have been affected by deaths or loss. Some of us have been affected by our dreams being crushed. Some of us have financial stress. Some of us are fearful or anxious or depressed or injured, or have some sort of inability that frustrates us. We have all these things, but yet in the midst of that, we're supposed to live by faith. And what is faith? It's, it's what you can't see, right? It's believing in this God that's actually here with us right now. And that's not easy to do. That's why we need each other. This is why we need this encouragement. And so today, um, as we talk about you, as, as we talk about each other, who we are together, I want to have the imagery of art. Uh, like I said, I took my kids to D.C. a couple weeks ago, and um, we went through an art museum. And uh, there's my wife and my two little girls in the stroller fighting over which one gets to be on the little skateboard thing. Uh, my wife's going to kill me when she finds out I put her on the picture. But, um, but, you know, the art is cool. I love the art, but I really love going through the museums because you learn the stories behind the art, you know? One of the most uh, famous, or the most famous art piece painting in the entire world. Do you guys know what it is? It's the Mona Lisa, and I have a rendering of that here today. Somebody took the Mona Lisa, and they made this really creepy 3D uh, image out of it. I kind of think, uh, but, but I think it brings the meaning out to me. I think that the, the Mona Lisa, I, I, I finally understand it now. I think that it's a picture of a wife listening to her husband try to explain something. Right? It's like, hey, babe, I'm going to, uh, my, my, me and the guys, we're going to Vegas. It's a business trip, though. It's a business trip. I'm not going to lose any money. <laughs> it's like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Anyway, I thought that was funny. But the, the point that I wanted to show, the reason I wanted to show you this is that this is not a particular, it's creepy. Uh, it's not a particularly beautiful or mesmerizing picture. It's something that means something. It's something that moves us, right? You, you can get rid of that. That's scary. Get rid of that. Um, but people line up all over the world, and, and, and they go to France, to the Louvre, and, and they, they line up to see that, that painting. And... You're allowed to see it, I think, for 30, so you have to get in a queue, and you can, you can look at it for 30 seconds, right? And they do this. They travel all over just to see that painting. My friend has seen it. And, you know, I think about that, and I think about other art pieces and how they are imper imperfect. They're not always beautiful, but often they, they, they move us. They change us, right? Now, the reason that I wanted to use art as an imagery is because I believe that we are God's art. I believe that we are God's projects, right? And, um, and the beauty of it is, is that he's not finished with us yet. I mean, if you're here, you're breathing, you're on earth, you're in these seats or you're online, you're, you're here. You're not, we're not finished. We're finished when we go, when we're done, when we're, when we're headed up, right? God's still working on us. We are still a work in 
progress, right? And I want to kind of break down what that means biblically to you guys today. Uh, So let's look first at Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. First five words of the Bible, in the beginning God created. And then it it goes on, the heavens and the earth and everything else, and he created us. In verse, uh, uh, chapter 2, verse 7, it says, Then the Lord God formed man of dust from the ground. He took dirt. God took dirt, okay? Only God can do this. Those are the materials he has. Dirt and breath. When I blow dirt, it just goes everywhere. When God blows it, a being, a human being is formed for the first time. And this is the power that God has. It's funny because the Holy Spirit is our gift um, in our connection with God. Jesus died. He rose again. He gave us the gift of the Holy Spirit. And the word spirit actually means wind. And I think about that in terms of God's breath. I think of that in terms of God breathing on us. Not only did he bring us into existence by his breath, he also changes us through his breath, right? Right? And so the first thing that I want us to understand and to get on lockdown here is that we were created. We were created. You and I, we were created in our mother's womb. God had something to do with that. That's why, you know, so many of us are are passionate about what happens during pregnancy and in the womb. And and that's a complicated uh, subject. But we believe that God is forming us in there. Even before that happens, God plans us, right? And he created us. I just want that to sink in for a second. I don't want to, I don't want to move on too quickly. It's a simple idea, but it's a profound idea. If God created you, is he going to give up on you? Is he going to let you go? Is there anything you can do to run away and get away from God? I mean, he's, he's, he's kind, he's, he's a good God, he's polite, he's not going to chase you down and smack you all the time. Sometimes he will, but usually he's, he waits for you to tire out, right? He waits for you to, to stop, stop running. There have been times in my life where I was running, a few times, and there have been times in my life where I'm just trying to destroy it all. I don't even want to, I don't even want to do this, you know, all these things. And no matter how hard I try, when the dust settled, God's still there, just standing there, saying, are you done? You know, <laughs> are you through? Are you done? And that right there changes us. He's there. So how do you get God to breathe on you? How do you get God to revive you and, and remind you of your creation? You just get close to him, right? You get close to him. That's it. That's it. It's easy, right? Some of you guys can go home already. But we have more to talk about. So we are created and we are transformed. Look at uh, Romans 12, 2. This is, dude, I, I use this scripture probably every time I speak. So if you guys know me, it's part of, uh, this is a huge part of, of my uh, basis for faith. Um, it says this, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good, acceptable, and perfect, all right? So we're transformed, how? By the renewal of our minds. Well, how do you renew your mind? Well, it's really easy. God is over here. Everything else is over here. When we're focused on everything else, 
we tend to get caught up in everything else or conformed to everything else. We start feeling the problems of every person around us. We start seeing the issues. We start jumping into the complaints. We start watching and sharing all the bad news feeds, and we get into a, a funk, right? And maybe your funk is different. Maybe your party guy funk. Maybe you come out and you're like, well, whatever, man. I, it's, all, it's all over anyway, so I'm just going to party. Woohoo!" right? Maybe you're that guy. I don't know who you are. But you know what it's like to not focus on God. And it's your choice every day. So you can focus on him or, or focus on everything else or you can focus on him, right? And when we just simply focus on him and his word, he starts to change the way we think. Actually changes the way we think. The word transform is the word that we get metamorphosis from. Same idea as a caterpillar becoming a butterfly. Full change. A caterpillar moves very slowly. Have you ever seen him? It's a worm. Moves very slowly. They're not very smart. They, uh, for some reason every year, they, just have, they march right into my pool and just sink to the bottom. I don't know why. But, but eventually if they survive in my backyard, it's scary, my kids and my dog and my pool, um, then they become something completely different. They become a creature that flies and is beautiful, right? And so when we focus on God, I think some of us are afraid to do that, if we're honest. We're afraid to focus on God because we don't want him to tell us all the things we're doing that's wrong. Or we don't want him to change us. Or we don't want him to take away all the fun or, or take away, you know, the, 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 the pride that we have or whatever it is. But we don't realize that when we focus on God, he ends up, Basically transforming you into the person that you were always supposed to be, the truest version of yourself, right? The truest form of yourself. And some of us don't even realize that potential. We don't even realize who we could be because we've never really given God a chance. And so I'd encourage you today to just put your mind on him. Put your mind on his word and let him change the way you think. And you know what? It's a process, it's not going to happen. Usually, it doesn't happen in one day. It can. It can, depending on how the Spirit moves you and, and how uh, committed you get that day. But, but really, ultimately, it's a day-by-day-by-day-by-day choice. It's like uh, if I go to the gym tomorrow, I'm not going to be looking ripped on Tuesday. You know what I mean? It's not going to happen. It's a day-by-day-by-day-by-day. I'm not going to the gym tomorrow, but it's a nice thought. Look at, um, here's another thing that I want you to see when it comes to the transformation. Romans 12, uh, 5. Paul talks about this transformation, and it seems kind of like an individual thing. But here, in verse 5, it says, So we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. So it's not just a transformation of the individual, but it's a transformation of the entire body. When we all focus on the word together, as we're doing right now, right, we all start to think differently. We start to look differently. We become those people uh, that you can find on the street. Oh, you're one of them. You're one of those VBF people, aren't you, you know? <laughs> a little weird, a little wild, a little scary. Uh, but love God. You guys love the Lord, man. And, and honestly, uh, honestly, truthfully, this is like the only church I ever want to be involved in. I'm just being honest. Not that other churches aren't great. They're, they're awesome. But there's, a, there's, a, there's one more church in town that I would go to. Anyway, it doesn't matter. The point is, <laughs> get into my personal issues. I'm going to sit on a chair. All right, let me just tell you, let me just tell you what's going on. Um, the third thing, Proverbs 29:18. Refocus. It says, where there is no vision, the people are unrestrained. Now, the word unrestrained is the idea that the people have given up. 
They're not holding on anymore. They're just giving up, giving up hope. Why even try? There is no vision. Well, I'm here to tell you today there is vision. And the vision comes from God. And then we have a chance, an opportunity to either receive that vision or to ignore that vision. Now, I'm going to say something about hearing God and about your life, about your purpose, real quick. I feel like this is important. I said it last service, but I feel like it's really important to say to the body. Some of you are waiting for God to speak now, and you're wondering why he isn't. But he's waiting on you to move on the last thing he said. Right? See, when you do that, then he will go, okay, now we're at step two. Now we'll go to step three. Now we'll go to step four. And all of a sudden, you're growing. All of a sudden, you're flourishing. But you got to walk the walk, right? You can't skip. You can't skip the steps. So whatever God has called you to, to, to be, whoever he's calling you to be, whatever vision he has for you, you'll get there, man. But it, it, it takes time. It takes time. I'm bummed, man. I look, at, I look at my kids and how fast they grow up. And I'm like, man, there's so many things in life that happen that are so fast, you know? Like you get fat really fast. It's not cool. Um, you, <laughs> there's, there's all these things that happen fast. But then when, God, when it comes to God, it's just a slow burn, isn't it? God paces himself with us. He knows what we can handle. He takes his time. So ask yourself, you know, no, maybe you shouldn't ask yourself that. But I was going to say, well, maybe, right? Where are you today versus where you were a year ago? That, that's a good indication of whether you're paying attention to what God has for you or not, right? The third thing is he plans for us. Jeremiah 29, 11, very popular verse. It says, I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare, not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. Now, you read this verse uh, by itself, and it's easy to think, well, that's for me personally, and, and I believe God does care about each one of us personally, but ultimately, this verse was written to the group, to the church, to the people, okay? the Jewish people, which represents, I believe, the church today, so it's written to the people of God. Now, God speaks to us individually. He moves us individually. But as a church, he has plans for our welfare. But what that means, right, individually, is sometimes you got to give a little. Sometimes you got to give up some of your rights. Sometimes you have to give up some of your space. Sometimes you have to give up some of your comfort for the greater good of the body. And so it's when we start to recognize the fact that we're a part of the body that we start to understand how easy that is. It's easy for me to give up this and this and this for you guys because you're part of me. I'm part of you. And when one of us is messing up or one of us is hurting or one of us is really struggling or confused or frustrated, we reach out to that person just like we would tend a wound on our own body because it affects us too. And so God has vision. He sees who we, who we can be, who we uh, really truly are. And then he also have, has plans to get us there. But again, we have to listen we have to hear, and we have to pray, right? How many of you guys know that God is consistent? He's consistent. He doesn't change his mind. I see, you ever see the believer, it's like, oh, God told me to do this. And then like a week later, nope, God told me to do that. And then a week later, oh, God told me to do this. I'm like, man, I don't know what God you're talking to, but he seems confused. 
right? It's, it's not God. God's consistent. He speaks to us. He shows us a way, and then he waits for us to conform to it. And guess what? If our life is a movie, he's already he's seen the end. He knows what's going to happen, and so we've got to trust him. So putting this all together, uh, let's, let's see that slide real quick. Just putting all these together. He created and transformed us, or transforms us, because it's something that happens all the time, through his vision and his plans. All we have to do is we have to focus on him, and then he will change us. He will change our minds. He will change our hearts. And here's the kicker, okay? Philippians 1.6 says this, For I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. He is going to finish the work he began in you. Right? He's going to finish it. He ain't lazy. He hasn't given up on you. Right? He's not lacking energy or motivation. He might be waiting for us to make a move. Or he might just have us waiting for a season. And that's okay. But I encourage all of you to cast your cares upon him. I'm gonna, we're going to end here, but I'm going to have all the prayer people come up. And I just felt led to, to, uh, to end today's service with uh, those of you who need prayer today. Those of you who need prayer to come up and get prayer. Come up and get prayer from one of these prayer prayer warriors, these, people, these, these individuals who've been at it for a long time, and they are here to serve. Come up and get prayer from one of these people um, and, and, and leave what you need to leave at the altar. Some of you, you've never given your life over to Jesus, and it's your opportunity, your chance to do that today. Make today that day. Tomorrow's Memorial Day. You'll always remember this day as the day before Memorial Day, I gave my life to Christ. If you need to do that, do that today. Otherwise, come up and get prayer. Otherwise, be blessed. Love you guys, and um, we will see you soon, okay? Thank you for listening. We pray that this message has ministered to your heart. If you don't already have a church you call home, we invite you to join us at Valley Bible Fellowship for worship, Bible study, fellowship, and more. We're at 2300 East Brundage Lane in Bakersfield, California, near Mount Vernon and Freeway 58. Reach us by phone at 661-325-2251 or visit our website at vbf.org.